Well, happy Mother's Day, and we're excited to jump into, I think, a passage that resonates with the heart of moms, and it's the Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Uh, one of the books I'm reading as we're preparing for this series is by Martin Lloyd-Jones, and it says that in his studies on the Sermon on the Mount, if this verse to, is to you one of the most blessed statements of the whole of Scripture, you can be quite certain you're a Christian. If it is not, then you had better examine your foundation again. <laughs> That's kind of bold, isn't it? Well, our big idea today is if you hunger and thirst after the right thing, your life will be filled. Your life will be full. That right thing is righteousness. And this passage contains the gospel. Grace, it's a gift. You will be filled, right? It's all in the context of this passage. And I don't know a mom out there that doesn't get blessed when they see their kids do something that displays righteousness, that they're doing the right thing, and, and it fills their life. It blesses their life, and I know that because my parents got to see me make a decision to come back and follow Jesus. Yeah, I was 21 years old at the time, but I watched my parents' hearts be filled because I returned, and I know that was hugely because of my mom praying. Like she was a source of that return. So it filled her. But what about you? Maybe um, you've had an experience when, it, when you think about your longings or you think about what you're investing yourself into or craving or where your energy is going to be filled and you start to look and go, well, why am I empty uh, maybe you went out and you chose to try to fill your desires and needs the way the world around us shows you to be happy and smile and have everything. And, and maybe you go out and you have too many drinks. Well, because I see the smiles, I see the party, I see this is what's living. But then you do it for a while and you realize, oh, this really, this really isn't giving me any fulfillment. Maybe you go out and you get the newest car, house, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, watch, phone, dishwasher, and you think it's going to give you joy, but you still have a void. And you're trying to figure out why. Why I have everything that I'm supposed to have to make me fulfilled, but there's still a need there. Well, that is only filled through the pursuit of righteousness. COVID-19 is actually stirring this reality for us. We're realizing that all the things we put our hope in, I guess you would say, or that we did as a constant pursuit have been cut off. And we're having to think like, what is giving me life? What is giving me fulfillment here? And uh, these practices now, all had to stop, but not righteousness. Nothing can stop this hunger and thirst. And that's why Jesus is sharing this. 
He, he was sharing the way to a full life, not in the things you pursue or the perfection you try to live to uh, and, and elevate your life to, but it's, it's in the pursuit of righteousness you find fullness. A few weeks ago, uh, we did this uh, story of a woman at the well. We did a talk out of that, and Jesus uh, meets this woman at a well in Samaria and interacts with her. And in fact, kids, this would be an opportunity for you to, to draw if you like. Uh, city in the background, a woman standing at a well talking to Jesus. Uh, whatever makes you remember this ultimately would be a great drawing. But he sets her up in this conversation at a well, this woman, and he asks her for a drink to show her the lessons of Matthew 5, 6. This lesson of what are you hungering and thirst for kind of comes to the surface. He knows the place they're at in this place that is not welcoming to a Jewish person, or at least a Jewish person would never want to go to a Samaritan village and get water because they were quarreling, these two people groups. I guess you would say, uh, you know, there, he, he knew that, or he said he had to go there, and he knew that having a conversation with a Samaritan there was going to be a little clunky. If he asked her for a drink, she was going to be taken back uh, who would be like uh, not expecting to talk to each other and get along today? It would be like um, somebody talking to, maybe it would be Dr. Fauci and a conspiracy theorist. As, as abrupt as that might seem, we need to catch how harsh it was for a Jew to talk to a Samaritan. And so Jesus strikes up a conversation, not only with somebody who's not getting along, but with somebody who has some hunger and thirst issues. And he's trying to elevate that he can help her out of these issues and help her hunger and thirst for righteousness. And he does it by asking her for a drink. And she goes, a drink? Like, how could you ask me for a drink? And that's where we jump in. John 4.10, Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well's very deep. Where would you get the living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoy? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Once this this woman desired the water he was promising. Jesus turns the script, and we won't take time to read it, but you can go read it if you like. Uh, he tells her to go and get her husband and bring him back for some, some of the water as well, and, and she admits that she does not have a husband, and he's like, well, you're right, and the guy you're with now is not your husband, but you've had a ton of husbands, and she's realizing this is a prophet or something, and she was trying to find her fulfillment in men and relationships and not in righteousness. The water Jesus was speaking of was going to come through faith in him. And this woman actually goes 
And the illustration proves she goes back to her village. She invites them all to come and meet Jesus. Could this be the son of God? And it was. They all put their faith in him. And I look at this and go, this is an illustration of what it is to have the right hunger and thirst. She not only was transformed and fulfilled, but all those around her were. That's impact. Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Thought one today is Jesus is the source of righteousness. We need to realize that this this pursuit, what we're supposed to be hungering and thirsting for, this righteousness is found in, in Jesus. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The result of this righteousness is fulfillment, blessed, fulfilled, right? Many things will make effort to pull our hunger and thirst in this world. Many things. In fact, Things will just try to curb your hunger so that you feel, I'm not starving. You know, I'm not too hungry or thirsty for things out there. And so you'll, you'll do okay and be okay with okay. But when we lean into the faith and give Jesus our life completely, we live a life to the full and the enemy doesn't want that. So he's going to try to kill, still, and destroy and just allow you to be okay. Philippians 3.8 says this, the enemy doesn't want us to live like this, like the way Paul describes here. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Faith. Paul got it, right? And Jesus taught it in the very first portion of his Sermon on the Mount so that he could get it out there for us to reflect on. At the time, those listening didn't realize that this righteousness was, was Jesus, the one who was teaching it. Like He was teaching them to find righteousness in the teacher, but they didn't get that. They still were thinking of the righteousness we can read throughout the Old Testament about living up to standards, but they were about ready to cross over to a new way of teaching. We're blessed on this side of the cross and the resurrection to understand what's truly being taught here is for us to hunger and thirst for Jesus, to spend time with Jesus, to be able to just long for Jesus, faith, life, fullness, blessing. It's what we want at our core. Like, really, our spirit is craving this. And it's what we want for our families. Romans 3.21 says, But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without being the requirements of the law. As we promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, we are, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone is sin. We all fall short of the glory of God's glorious 
standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in the present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness for he himself is fair and just and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in him. Wow. You might be listening to this today and you've made it this far and you're just going, okay, this is, you're not describing me, Thad. This is like off from my life. I'm in no way hungering and thirsting for Jesus. I'm just kind of curious and trying to figure this out. In fact, I think my life may be a pattern opposite of what you're talking about. That's what was being spoken of here by God. He was saying, no, there's, there's grace for you. In fact, there is mercy for you. And this is, this is free to you. Like I reached out to you. It's good news to know that Jesus makes sinners right. And you can be uh, the woman at the well with five husbands and a new guy on the side, and Jesus can show up and transform your life. You can be the one who looks back at the first moment you drank too much, and it's suddenly years later, and you realize, man, what I've surrounded my life with is empty. And that was my story. And I was like, uh, these friends are superficial, and I have put my hope in a practice, and it provided nothing. I'm, there's a void. In fact, there's a lot of mistakes that were created by that. You may feel trapped in the pattern of life you're in or that you've led and you're going the opposite way of Jesus, but God still reaches out to you and he's doing it right now by reminding you, I sent my son to a cross and to a grave and he rose to life so that you can not only have eternal life, but life to the full right now, just hunger and thirst after righteousness. Just hunger and thirst for me. That fulfillment you've always longed for is only found through the door of faith in Jesus. Don't wait a day longer and tell everyone you love ultimately to walk through the same door sooner than later because all of these pursuits lead to nothing in comparison to, to pursuing Jesus. If you hunger and thirst after the right thing, your life will be full thought too is righteousness is a gift. It's gift, it's free. Uh, it, Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you only knew the gift God had for you, or later he says the water I give, right? It's a gift. The blessed do not achieve it, but they hunger and thirst for it. It's a gift, it's not an achievement. This is not a deserved righteousness. This is a given righteousness. Even with all the labor and work of the faith and they have not earned righteousness, it's a gift from God alone through faith in Jesus. Ephesians 2.8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this 
It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Within this passage is all the beauty of the gospel, right? Righteousness is a gift to be given, not earned. While the world around us seeks fulfillment in their achievements and activities and and the pursuit of happiness, we as followers of Jesus understand that it's our continued hunger and thirst for righteousness that brings this heartwarming fulfillment, this true life. And those who have yet to personally experience faith in Jesus attempt to replace the word righteous with happiness. So people hunger and thirst for happiness, but fall short of the blessed life they desire. They're they're empty and wondering why, and you cannot replace righteousness with happiness. That's why. This is the enemy again leading you short of true fulfillment. We have to pause here and truly consider what God is asking. And, And every mother, every father, everybody who's had kids, you understand this illustration God is building. I think you get it. I think you know that uh, this is not a work thing. It's a faith thing. And God, our Heavenly Father, wants us to get the depth of what he's saying by giving us this illustration of hunger and thirst. And I don't know if you've ever had a child really longing for something in your home. Like, let's just use something random like a puppy or an Xbox, or a PlayStation, or a phone, or you know what I'm saying. These things that kids get in their mind and they just have to have it right now. And they hunger, and they thirst, and what do they do? They ask, 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 and it can be everything to endure. I think I've seen a lot of uh, quarantine puppy purchases, right? Online, have you seen a lot of those? Hunger and thirst was in their home, I think, right? Well, here's what God is saying. As a parent, that can get taxing and trying. But God's saying, I love you so much. I encourage you to keep coming. Ask, seek, keep coming. Hunger, thirst, keep pursuing me. Keep pursuing Jesus. In fact, We can read that God wants to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. He just wants us to seek him. Hungering and thirsting looks like a ton of asking and imagining, right? To live this full life. And and this request for us to hunger and thirst for righteousness is huge. And it's it's a big thing. And the promise is fulfilled and blessed. Let me read this passage to you. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Moms, I think that uh, those moments you have a glimpse into your kids pursuing, hungering, thirsting for righteousness you know that feeling of fulfillment that comes. I know as a pastor, having led like spiritual kids, I guess you could say that the moments where I see one of them flourishing in ministry, uh, accomplishing something with their faith, like that's the deepest fulfillment I could ever have as a pastor. And I can only imagine what that's like as a mom to see your kids 
practicing, pursuing, hungering, thirsting for righteousness. That's the fulfillment we're speaking about. And I wish I, I wish I had a mom that I could talk to during this that, well, let's see if, let's see if this works. <laughs> that works. Holy moly. Hey, hun. Hi. Well, uh, as a, as a mom, you have been able to witness uh, hungering and thir thirsting for righteousness. And I just wanted to create a dialogue and say, what does it mean to you to see your kids hungering and thirsting after God? To me, it just really means um, that I can tell our kids are putting a priority in their relationship with Jesus over a priority of other things that they could be doing at this time in their lives. So, yes, they love sports, um, but it hasn't risen above their love for God. Um, yes, they love their academics and their eyes all get out, going to get 4.0s and do the best that they can do, um, but they still have a balance in their life. And so that's what I see happening. So not always perfect. Oh, they're it's not, always perfect. They're not always pursuing that. What's like an example you've seen? What's an example of... Uh, hunger and thirst moments you've witnessed. Well, in and being a teacher, you get to witness this as both like in your home with your kids or in these kids you're having a positive influence on at school. What are some moments? Yeah, what I love seeing like um, even as leading kids at Open Life, it's really cool to later on in the week have a parent send you. That's okay. That's why we, we bring... Her end to so that Jaden and I aren't the only two that cry in front of the church, right? Yeah, um, just to see that, well, kids are listening and paying attention, um, but then that they're taking to heart what's being said to them and then they're applying it in their life. So whether it's a, a parent sending me a video of their child praying for a friend to be healed from a bruise on their knee, mm -hmm. um, the point is that um, they're believing in God to bring that healing. And so I love seeing that in kids um, whoever they are, um, in our own kids. I love that my teenagers have um, more sequential days in their Bible reading plan than I do. <laughs> and I love that they're disappointed when they miss a day after 400 days or whatever because of time travel across the world. And that's a pretty cool moment. I love that um, Preston will... on his playlist to go to bed every night. There's more Hillsong and worship than there is any other song. And he loves that and he would hate to admit it. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, but um, he loves to walk around the house and sing worship and to practice drums to worship songs, and things like that. And um, Jaden, you can't get any nicer than Jaden. <laughs> and as far as a heart of pure gold and loving people and pure honesty to, um, seek after God and all that he would want for her and um, watching her pray for people around the world in Indonesia and having um, no inhibition at all, just walking into a homeless tent and laying hands on somebody and praying for them. Um, pretty cool moments. So yeah, heart tug, those, those are like, how do you describe the fulfillment that that actually gives you? Like, can you put words to it even? Besides, I've seen, I'm seeing the fulfillment, but it's like those moments, it's hard to explain that fulfillment, isn't it? 
it just kind of is like a pat on the back from God. Yeah. Because I think when you, there's a lot that you think you're not doing right. Um, I think sometimes you don't see that you are doing something right. And I don't know what it is. I, I can't even make a list of what I'm doing right. But um, I just keep telling myself, thanks God for just a confirmation here or there. Then the next question is going to be hard to answer because if you don't know what it is, like I was going to ask, what what do you feel you're doing to exemplify hungering and thirsting for righteousness? I just try to model my life after Christ and knowing that everybody is watching me wherever I go. And so um, whether that means in the classroom as being a teacher, um, I have... 34 kids that are watching me every single day. And so I better make sure that what's coming out of my mouth and how I'm appearing and what I'm saying um, is pleasing to Christ. And I'm okay with that being repeated. And I think the same thing's in our home. Um, we don't say one thing and live another way. Mm -hmm. um, we don't tell our kids it's important to do this, but don't live it out ourselves. Um, I remember the first time the kids started kindergarten and we just made it a practice that when our kids walked out the door in the morning for school, we were going to pray with them. And it started on the front porch and just saying quick prayers as the kids would walk out the door and we'd go put them on the bus. And now as we're driving them to school, mm -hmm. um, there's a certain traffic light every day that, well, when we were driving to school, um, that we would stop at. And at that light, we would begin praying and, and we just pray for our days. And one of the big core things is I've, I feel like we've always told the kids, um, we care more about who you are than what you do. And so we always say in our prayer, Lord, help us to be a blessing to those that we see and those that we come in contact with and keep our eyes on the people around us. And um, I think they, they hear those prayers and they're trying to act those things out. Well, there you have it, moms. There's the heart of the, the ultimate mom in my book. Happy Mother's Day, hon. Man, the desire is not only to hunger and thirst for right things, but to see those around us hunger and thirst for right things. And it's, both are equally filling. And when we see it in our own or those we have influence over, it just erupts in our heart this truth that if you hunger and thirst after the right things, your life will be full. And our action point today is this, increase your hunger and thirst for righteousness. Whatever that is for you, increase your hunger and thirst for righteousness. Begin to crave righteousness. And I wanna leave you with this passage, Psalm 42, two says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When, uh, when can I go and meet with God? Man, that's, that's the heart, right? My soul thirsts. Uh, we want to pray for you and pray for uh, this message just to come alive in your spirit. So, uh, God, I thank you for the opportunity we have today to celebrate moms, to hear from a mom, to hear from uh, your heart as to how you desire for us a pursuit of right things and a full life. And I pray for those today that wanna make a decision to follow you for the first time in their life, that they would simply say, Jesus, I give my life to you. 
I, I want to know what it is to have this relationship, this righteousness in my life. So I put my belief in Jesus today. I put my faith, and I know this free gift is eternal life and life to the full. So I say, here I am, Lord. I follow you today. And God, for those of us who are, are coming for a refreshed understanding of what it is to hunger and thirst for righteousness today, I pray that you would well up within us this desire for increased hunger and thirst. God, I pray for all the moms that are out there today, a special blessing on them as they lead during one of the most unique times in our world. I pray for them as they help the kids figure out school. I pray for them as they lead their families. But Lord, I also remember those right now that, that don't have a mom this year at home and that you would pour out a special grace on those families, uh, that you would come alongside and let them sense that hug from heaven that would wrap your arms around them and let them know, I love you, you're not forgotten, you're not alone. And we give you praise that you do all these things for your glory and for our fullness of life now and eternally. In Jesus' name, amen.